Hello universe, it is a 11.59 and it is the 27th of January and in what is becoming an alarming trend of barely beating the clock to record in time for the day, I say hello January 28th, 2022 that it is now, but that doesn't count because a recording started on the day of the 27th is a recording of the 27th. But with two days off, the next two days, yay, um, I do expect my uh, approach here to be better. Uh, I don't want to be coming in <laughs> literally with 40 seconds to spare looking for the headphones and microphone that make this possible, which is what was basically the scene just now. However, that doesn't mean that I'm rushing into this recording, number 48, in a sequence of 53. <clears throat> and I will say that I do believe I made a mistake. Um, I, I've made two mistakes, or at least I'm feeling pressure from two decisions during the recordings that I think are now um, perhaps putting me in the sort of uh, pressure situation that makes me... Um, uh, improve or rise to a challenge or uh, overcome my own sense of uh, misgivings about whether or not what I'm doing is truly relevant. Um, but uh, so the two, two mistakes I think I've made are one saying that I thought a sequence of three episodes, 37, 38, 39, before the review to try to corral <laughs> the concept that Wait What has, um, has at its most fundamental level. This one being about how I believe I could have been any of you. Um, the preceding episode being, well, its subject being how I blame myself for the universe in the current condition it's in, and the next recording is dedicated to how and what I think can be done to fix the situation we've gotten ourselves into. <clears throat> I thought those were thematically important enough to repeat them for some sense of purpose as I got to the end of a run of 10. And <clears throat> while I think that's probably fine, it really is. The mistake that it creates is I'm now trying to, as it were, <laughs> finish my report with some real good material so that I can get an A. Um, now that I know what I'm committed to, I am trying to live up to some standard in that, um, in that, summation and denouement that um, I'm, I'm messing it up. So uh, forgive the uh, what I consider to be subpar effort to finish off here. But I will learn. I said I will get better at this. I said this is a year-long project. Here we sit on December 27th. December? How about January 27th? 
Um, I didn't even uh, record on January 1st. So really I'm 26 days into a project that's 364 days long. Of course, I'm going to make mistakes. The other mistake I made, and I said this early and I should have listened to myself, was that I thought inviting criticism would be, would change my approach. And now that it's changed my approach per se, because this is still me just blah, 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 blah. But it makes me unsure how to go into the final 53 because I still have no feedback. So rather than get feedback of any kind from now until the final one, I'm going to shut down all communication and just finish this out, at least the first round. Because then whatever feedback I get will be useful as uh, material to integrate into the second round, which at this point, and I'm fairly committed to this one, will be called See What Happened Was. And in that um, discussion, my intention is to speak widely about my experiences in elementary, junior high, and high school. Um, and then somewhat how all those sp uh, sprang into uh, conditions and uh, um, parts of me that continued throughout my adult life and how those are relevant in that transition. <clears throat> As a quick uh, aside regarding that, uh, I was fortunate enough to be in the Denver Public School Systems in starting in 1974 all the way through 1987 and got a fantastic education for a lot of reasons, including the social integration that was occurring in this city as one of four I believe targeted cities, Detroit was one, Indianapolis was one, Denver was one. I don't know what the fourth one was, somewhere in California, I think, but it doesn't matter. These, these four cities were, uh, were, uh, they were models of integration that were being developed for nationwide implementation. The initial concept of citywide um, diversity integration, in other words, trying to make all schools representative of all peoples across the city. That happened in Denver, and it happened in the 70s, and it stopped in the 90s. So the 20 years that it went on, I was there for 12 of them, 13 of them, if you count kindergarten. Um, and I'm not sure it went on 20 years. I think it went on 18 years. I think it stopped three years after my sister graduated, so she was also a part of all of it. And uh, of all the things in life that have been terrific for me, that was the best coincidental win of all. So that will be the focus of uh, the next 53. But to, to get back to how I think I could have been any of you, in fact, let's revisit. <laughs> revisit. I'm going to share a story from elementary school that is indicative of just how uh, how rule abiding I was, and this is this isn't uh, an anomaly. This is who I was until 
I don't know, 1718. And um, when I was in kindergarten, uh, I could already read. I could already do arithmetic. My dad had taught me multiplication. I, I knew a lot when I arrived in kindergarten. And uh, so I was, I'm sure, precocious as I, I, uh, I didn't like to show off per se, but I liked to be right. <laughs> so if I knew the answer, I was going to shoot my hand up with enthusiasm and demand the attention of whoever was looking for uh, a correct uh, student to shine in their presence. In other words, I was the definition of a teacher's pet because I liked being right. I liked knowing things. I liked having answers. I liked having my questions answered. So if I had a question, I went and got the answer frequently before anybody else was trying to tell me the answer. So I knew a lot of stuff. Even in kindergarten and first grade, I felt like my reading habits, my uh, home support, my parental curiosity that was instilled in me uh, as early as a child, all of that gave me um, a leg up on kids who maybe got to kindergarten and still didn't know how to read. And there were quite a few of those. That's not unusual. I'm not trying to dismiss that experience as being uh, one for morons. That's not in any capacity correct. We all learn at our own scale, and we're all extremely bright and intelligent people. So if you've been told you're anything else, then that's something you should stop listening to. But when you are that kid, well, <clears throat> no teacher <laughs> will call on you, especially on the easy questions when it's an opportunity for other kids in the class to shine and get their little bit of, hey, I knew the answer, pat on the backs. And uh, I think I even understood this in first and second grade. Because <clears throat> the one thing that happens to all kids, I think, is um, you get at some point in your early education in a position where you overestimate your bladder control. And you either drink too much at the water fountain on recess, or you have an extra milk at lunch that you shouldn't, or uh, you go to uh, the um, uh, lemonade stand uh, on the corner during lunch and chug three five-cent lemonades. Whatever the situation is that puts you in the classroom in a position to have to use the bathroom, there is no worse situation to be in for a rule-abiding second grader than to be coming in from recess, realizing that I should have used the bathroom but didn't, sitting down in the classroom, and then opening the discussion to something like, okay, so we said after recess we were going to talk about our favorite animals. Now, who in the class has a favorite animal? All 32 hands shoot up, or 26, or 16, or... Well, there were at least 20 kids in my second grade class, but however many there were, every single hand shot up. <laughs> and, oh my God, did I get, I mean, you know that feeling you used to get in elementary school where you're holding a hand up, you're holding your hand up, then it gets so tired that you got to switch to the other hand. Pretty soon you've got to prop it up, then you got your elbow brace, then you got your whole thing, like you got this whole like structural um, body position that integrates your desk and everything else just to keep your hand in the air, letting the teacher know that, oh my God, do you need her attention? Well, mine turned from 
favorite animal discussion answer to may I please, 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 please have the bathroom pass over the course of the, I'm guessing, 20 to 30 minutes that it took for her to go student to student while I'm sitting there, like feverishly getting more and more exaggerated with my hand motion because it's no longer about telling her that my favorite animal is a Bengal tiger. It's about telling her that I really have to pee. And she finally calls on me. And I know I blurt out, may I please go to the bathroom? May I please have the hall pass? And, oh, Mrs. Lowen. Ms. Lowen? I think it was Ms. Lowen. Back in the 70s, you were supposed to know that. Ms. Lowen hands me the wooden paddle remnant that is room 102 bathroom pass. And I, at this point, know I am so close to peeing my pants. At least I don't want to do it in front of the class. So I turn, I go to the door to get to the hall. I open the hall door and we are exactly on the opposite end of the school from where the boys' room is. The girls' room is literally right across the hall. I could go in there and pee right now, but I can't go in the girls' room. That's against the rules. So I look down the hall and target the boys' room. But what can I also not do? I can't run in the hall. That's against the rules. So I start fast walking as fast as I can. I even remember what color pants I'm wearing. They were red jeans, and I had on this, this uh, patterned, uh, I don't know what they call that, multi-patterned 70s colored button-down shirt. And I am walking as fast as my little feet can move. And I get to the boys' bathroom door, and just as I'm opening the door, I feel myself pee my pants. <laughs> and it's one of those feelings of defeat that I'm so close to having made it after so much of an endurance test passed to fail in this moment. I just start crying. And I don't know what else to do. Like... I did everything right, and yet here I am, and I've peed my pants in second grade. And uh, I'm fortunate enough in this situation to be exactly across the hall from the main principal's office. And I say I'm fortunate enough because there are two clerks who work in that office, Mrs. DeRose and Mrs. Copeland. And my mom is one of those people. And she, when I walk into the office crying having peed my pants immediately takes the rest of the day off takes me home gets me in the shower cleans me up puts me in my pajamas puts me in bed with i don't even know what ice cream and cereal i'm sure and lets me watch tv the rest of the afternoon so i never had to go back into the classroom nor did i really have to tell anybody what happened the next day because um i think mrs lowen was smart enough to not ask after I'm sure my mom passed along the, the story. I don't know if anybody actually of my friends knows that story. <laughs> I certainly have only told a couple people in my life that story. But the reason I tell that story is it illustrates just how much I followed the rules. I mean, I was a good kid. You told me the lights had to go off at 8.15. At 8.14, I was standing next to my light waiting for the 15 to hit so I could flip it off. 
And, uh, and I was that way for a long time. And I'm not sure where things changed. I don't know if it was alcohol. I don't know if it was uh, chasing women. I don't know if it was the angst of higher education paying off less and less. I don't know if it was always being an unfit piece in a world where pieces seemed to be fitting in everywhere but where I was rolling around. I don't know what caused me to start thinking nihilistically as if there just is no purpose to any of it. Maybe after doing everything you're told to for a long, 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 long time and then still feeling lost, empty, and unfulfilled, somewhere you do just in some capacity snap or at least become so um, dismissive of anything other than your own fulfillment and interests that the rest of it isn't meaningless. It's just there to be manipulated in your favor. Anyway, that little kid who peed his pants on the way to the boys' room in second grade, um, <laughs> I'll probably do it again today because I do think it's important the, that structural rules are both adhered to and present for civil discourse to operate most fluidly. Uh, I'm, I'm not saying that's the ultimate system in which we should strive to to live, but as of how we are today, I don't think there's a better system in place that, or one conceived that could readily transition from the one that's in place. So again, I'm not here to upset the apple cart because I think um, why I tell these stories is I believe that whatever the, the lowest level of humanity in terms of its loss of soul that's out there right now. And again, I, whether that's somebody who is marketing children for slavery and snuff films or somebody who's a serial killer on their 200th victim that's never been caught or somebody who's planning a gas bombing of a public square in some country I've never heard of. Whatever the most evil person you can conceive of. Something tells me they started out as that kid who peed their pants on the way to the men's room, boys' room, whatever. Because when we get here, we all want to do well by what situation we land in with what tools we're given. And then as we're pumped downward out of that cycle by forces that are both in and out of our control, well, our minds start to break. And for those of us who are willing to allow our minds to break, welcome the breakage. Invite it. Well, 
that can spiral into a position where you are now sliding out of control into the most heinous activities. Ones that you never conceived you were capable of become commonplace. Whether it's lies, deviant behavior, backstabbing, maneuvering, taking advantage, doesn't matter. Knowing that you are throwing shade into the universe and not caring is a dangerous mindset because that mindset's capable of almost anything. And yet, I know that because I've been there. So having walked back from that and, and truly feeling like I was capable of many horrid things that I didn't do, but given the right circumstance, can't deny, were on my menu of possibilities. Now, do I think I could have become the type of leader who murders their own citizens willfully and with disregard for the humanity that is compromised in such activity? No, I don't. But I can't conceive of a universe in which I couldn't be very close to that. I do feel like I'm capable of sliding down those slippery slopes. I do feel like I try to impress people to the point where that can become the black side, and I do not mean black. Yin and yang are black and white. That is a terrible, <laughs> uh, uh, I hate being trained to think that way. The point is, I'm capable of the, the type of deviance that, if enabled, if allowed to flicker into flame, if allowed to flame into a, a, an inferno, and if allowed to burn with reckless abandon, then yes, I do think I'm capable of some terrible things. But I don't have to be in a position to act on what I would think peer pressure, uh, self-loathing, disregard of other people's humanity. If those flames not just light, but ignite with some sort of revenge-level passion, well, we're all capable of a lot. So, could I have been the worst of us? Yes, I could have. But I'm not. And I don't want to believe that the worst of us aren't savable at some level. Because I know most of them fell into the position they're in. They didn't choose evil and treachery instead of kindness, forgiveness, and understanding. Somewhere along the way, they didn't get the kindness, forgiveness, and understanding. They were due. They broke. Just like I broke. Just like I couldn't make it to that restroom.
which one of me was more broken? The one who couldn't run down the hall to make sure I didn't pee my pants? Or the one who ran down the hall announcing that rules are meant to be broken? Don't listen to the teachers. They're not always right. Who's crazier? Well, I tried both extremes. And I can tell you, from someone who certifiably is crazy, well, there's a little crazy in all of us, isn't there? <laughs>